Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am sitting in the tour van of an act called How to Dress Well. I'm with the man behind it. His name's Tom. I'd love it if you could say hi. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Thanks for spending some time with me tonight, Tom. Of course. So I got to see Soundcheck earlier, and I saw you and your band negotiate how you were going to play a song, how long and what you were going to do. I'd love you to tell me a bit about that. Um, yeah, we've been playing this, uh, I guess, live variant of a song from my second record. The song is called And It Was You, and um, we decided that it would be super lit to just drop a huge dance sequence into the middle of the song, just like a banging, really fun, upbeat uh, stretch of music and sort of freestyle singing on my part. Um and two nights ago we did that for like three and a half minutes just like full jam out and about halfway through I was like oh my god this is too much so we cut it way back down and then tonight we decided to extend it a little bit again so we're just trying to find that um, that sweet spot where everybody's like so fucking stoked all the way through and then when the chorus comes back in it's not a relief it's uh, it's exciting still you know is a negotiation like this typical with the How to Dress Well shows? Um, the band that I'm playing with right now is so fucking talented and everybody's so versatile and 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 just so capable musically that uh, I'm able to be pretty crazy in terms of my sort of executive vision. If I'm like, hey, like let's do, let's break it down here and have like a string arrangement thing come in with like ambient vocal harmonies. Like, I need you guys to do this like two part harmony here and like drummer, you get up and play guitar briefly. And they're all like, yeah, cool. They're just, like, so game, so it's very dope. Well, I think that it's time for us to play a track off your latest record, Care. I'm going to play Can't You Tell. I'd love you to introduce this track to listeners who may have never heard of How to Dress Well before. Yeah, this is a beautiful song about sex and care.
This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Can't You Tell by How to Dress Well. I'm sitting here <laughs> in his tour van with Tom. He's coughing in the background and looking at his phone. I would love you to tell me a little bit more about this track. About Can't You Tell? Um, well, this is a song I did in tandem with a bunch of friends who helped on production and arrangement. Um, my friends play in this group called Classics. I don't know if you know them. They're a duo from Southern California. They helped with some of the piano sound design and some of the original concept about the song musically. Then my friend Jimmy Stack produced the bass guitar and some of the drum rolls. And then I finished the song with a producer from New York named Dreskull, kind of like a a, a tour de force all-star group. And we made a really sweet and tender love song out of the whole ting. You've said that this is a consent pop song and sex positivity anthem. I'd love you to tell me more about that. Um, yeah, that you read that on the internet, didn't you? So you probably read more about it. I did read a little bit about it, but consent is a really topical issue right now, and you're one of the few artists that I listen to that's actively tackling the issue. Yeah, consent is a very important thing, and I always have been allergic to the sort of signage you see on college campuses which say roughly, no means no. That is trivially true if somebody says no that means no but then consent isn't just this like i don't know almost contractual yes to a single act consent happens from the say you are going out to meet up with someone you've never met for a hookup consent happens from the moment you see each other on the level of 
body language and obviously on the level of assertions if somebody says no they mean no but people can say no with their bodies in a whole host of ways and saying yes means more than just giving a pass for somebody to engage in some act on your body consent should be a much more robust thing where what you're affirming through a consensual action is something reciprocal and something that has to do with a whole person and a whole body not just a a yes to a specific act or a no to that act Um, i don't think of consent as an either a yes or a no consent is only possible as like a a real yes that involves listening to somebody's body listening to the things they say listening to them as a whole person and really engaging in a reciprocal kind of sharing between two or more people so tom I've been looking forward to getting a chance to talk to you all day today because not only are you an incredibly talented musician, but you're also a PhD student, so that's going to probably guarantee you're a very articulate guy, and you are. So you're studying philosophy. So let's imagine you're at a dinner party and talking with some curious strangers over wine. What are you working on in a couple of sentences? Um, Yeah, I'm writing a dissertation-length research project on a very, very obscure thing in... Uh, the history of philosophy. So I got interested a long time ago in uh, philosophy in Germany after Kant, up to but not including Nietzsche. Um, I'm really interested in this this condition that we live under called modernity and what it means to be a modern subject. Um, And I'm particularly interested in how that connects with something that comes into the history of philosophy in 1799, namely the threat of nihilism and the threat that uh, we don't really have any place in this uh, in this world, in this universe for things like love and things like values and things like beauty there's like a more complicated story to tell but at a certain point it just gets nerdy so I don't I try not to talk about it to be completely honest with you. There's like seven or eight people in, the, in North America that I know that would be hyped to talk about it but beyond that it's kind of a waste of error Well, I don't think so, and I really enjoyed listening to it, so thank you. I appreciate you telling me a little bit about it. I think that it's time to play another track. I'm going to play my favorite song off your latest record, Care. It's called Lost Youth, Lost You. I'd love you to say one sentence about this song before people hear it. Uh, Yeah, this is a a song about disillusionment and love. It's a big big romper. Change is hard When you can't feel close Even though that's what you need the most Even though I'm beside you And they say that love can change your heart And brighten up they have darkness And I thought that had to When I was younger But I lost you When I lost you I say I think I know what love is now I think I got it figured out But then the second that I open my mind change my heart again I say I think I know what love is now I think I kind of figured it out but then the second that I open my mouth I'm gonna change my heart again I'm gonna change my heart
Lost Youth, Lost You, off the fourth record by How to Dress Well called Care. I'm sitting here in the tour van with Tom from the band, and you worked with Jack Antonoff on this song. I'd love you to tell me, for people who don't know, who is he? Yeah, Jack is a uh, super talented friend of mine, uh, insane, amazing musician, also happens to be like kind of a big shot or whatever. He would like laugh if I if he knew I said that, but he's like a big shot producer and musician in his own right. Uh, he's done records for Taylor Swift. He's working on the new Lord record. Um, he's had a bunch of number one songs that he's produced and written on. And uh, he and I have uh, done a handful of things together. And you just heard one bit that he helped me mostly with the drum sounds on that song. All right, so. As I said, we're talking about your fourth record, Care Today. When you put out your second record, Total Lost, you also talked a lot about how the Velvet Rope record by Janet Jackson, it meant something really special to you. So I'd love it if you could find a record or a song to talk about that means just as much that relates to the work you've done on Care. The interesting thing about the Velvet Rope is that it's so many different styles of music on one record. There's not a lot of records like that. It's almost like a compendium in one record and almost like a mixtape or a playlist in one record. So I've been making playlists over the course of working on Care sort of from the earliest moments to the to to its completion and there are a lot of songs on on that playlist that come to mind that ended up being really inspirational for this record. Songs from Everything But The Girl in particular from their record Walking Wounded, songs like Mirrorball or Single, Bruce Hornsby's The Way It Is. Where We Come From by Popcon. I love Art Angels, the Grimes record. I really love Donna Lewis's uh, music in particular. Obviously, I Love You Always Forever, but also I Could Be The One. Um, I really love both the Coldplay song and the Brandy cover, uh, Magic, 
so sick. Yeah, it's funny. It's just her singing that Coldplay song, and it just breathes a different kind of light, life. <laughs> yeah, it breathes light into it. That's funny. Breathes life into uh, an already perfect, but maybe a bit understated song. And her take on it, she just has such a powerful, like velvety voice with so much emotion in the in the in the character of her voice, like in the in the materiality of her voice. Um, it's just a super beautiful jam. I really love it. So I wanted to talk a little bit about lyrics. My favorite song of yours is Lost Youth, Lost You. Do you have a big black book somewhere full of lyrics and poems? No, no, I don't. I mean, I write down little lyrical ideas that come to mind, usually in uh, uh, an email I have with myself called Lyrics. Um, but those are typically just little s- sort of starters, little prompts. Uh, I really try to let the lyrics develop sort of imminently with the music. A song like Lost Youth, like, it's weird. I, I listened to that demo just the other night, the original demo of it, and I had and I had freestyled this. I was mumbling, mumbling, and then I freestyled this phrase, but I lost youth when I lost you. And I, I thought it was a very powerful phrase, so I just started writing around it, and I kind of ended up at that chorus, which is extremely simple, but like, Obviously, that lyric that I freestyled that was kind of the, 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 the stick of dynamite that set off the whole song was about... And I started to think about love and the cycles of love and relationships. And the rest of the song, the verses, are sort of descriptions of sort of life cycles of love. Um, the first v- main verse describes, like, pulling flowers from where they're living and verdant in a garden and seeing them so quickly be raised into this higher form as a token of love and then fall quickly into the garbage pail um, and return to, to nothing through whatever putrefaction. I read that sometimes in your songwriting you'll have to play a song several times and then realize what you were actually writing about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of what it was like when I was listening back to the demo of Lost Youth. I was like, holy shit, like... I think that's a really powerful lyric, but I lost youth when I lost you. I thought it was just a very strong moment, and it it came out totally unselfconsciously. Um, and so then I started to let the lyrics kind of unfold from there. But I learn a lot about where sort of I'm at in life through this process of kind of free freestyle writing, freestyling the lyrics, and then sort of trying to look back at what I said and figure out what I meant to mean. I think that it's time to play another track. I'm going to play What's Up Off Care. How about you tell me, before we hear the song, the moment, if you can remember, when you realized what the song was about. Yeah, I actually the, originally wrote this song on acoustic guitar. Um, I thought I had a cheeky moment in the freestyle where I was like, I sang something about lust, and I heard myself say lust, and then I sang, oh, now you know what's up. And this kind of like wink, like... Oh, it's on. And that's kind of like when I realized what the song is about. It's about that like moment of of energy in an early romantic relationship where you realize like this is popping right now and it's up to us right now to determine what this is. Like there's so much potential in that first moment of 
new relationship energy obviously extremely extremely powerful sexual energy but then also the energy that then leads to possibly a you know a life-changing relationship is all there in that moment so that's what the song is about i want to know your mouth i want to see things the way you see them you told me trust your love dead now and no that it is up to us to see what we are made of mess of me, I wouldn't change one thing. Yeah, baby, it's up to us to see what we are made of. When my body's gone, tell them I'm missing. your host you just heard what's up off the fourth record by how to dress well the record is called care i would love to talk a little bit about (laughs) truth and your relationship with it i read this great quote from you you said you previously identified truth and art with a certain kind of masculine seriousness a brooding seriousness and shitty male vibes i'd love you to tell me more because that's an amazing quote 
Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that we, as a culture, to my mind, we we only let something be serious if it's... We only let something count as serious if it's twinned with a performance of seriousness. So you have to have focused and furrowed brow, and you have to have uh, an air of almost graveness, almost a, a gravity like, you know, like this kind of whatever French existential air to things. That's why we don't have, we never have best actors from comedies. We never have playful music. Tom dropped his phone. We don't take playful music seriously. We don't take play seriously. We don't really take pleasure seriously as a culture. Um, and it's just something that's sort of been on my mind for a few years, just wanting to retrieve, I don't know, retrieve those things and restore to them their seriousness and their dignity. Because play is, is so important. Pleasure is so important. It's as important as grieving. No, yet, nevertheless, there are probably... 50 times as many novels and songs about heartache than there are uh, novels and songs about joy and friendship. For me, what counts in art right now is directness and earnestness and avoiding all the temptations of simulation and spectacle. I don't know, like, I'm really not moved by a lot of the shit that people are so hyped about right now. Um, It just doesn't feel real. Musicians often tell me that when it comes to writing, the previous record informs what happens on the next record. So I'd love you to pick a song from your third release, What Is This Heart, for me to play in the background. Hopefully this song is going to inform what work you've done with care. Yeah, um, let's take a listen to Repeat Pleasure. Take a listen to Repeat Pleasure. And I'd love you to tell me about how this song framed the work you would do for the current record, Care. Well, Repeat Pleasure is like a very kind of upbeat tune with like a real kind of grooviness to it. But then lyrically, it's its quite, um, I don't know, I guess difficult would be a certain word to use. Like 
It's about desire and how desire can't be satisfied by a certain person or a certain object. Desire desires more desire, and that's just in its nature. And we're kind of the plaything of desire. If we think that we can get out of the circuits of desire by finding that one object or that one person that's going to satisfy us, um, you know, life should have warned us by now. So, listening to this song, what is it about it that started you down the path to what Care became? I just loved the the directness and the in the lyrics, even though they're not simple, they're still really direct um, and melodically. It's super infectious, really catchy. Um, Production-wise, it's kind of like pretty poppy, but in a really genuine way, quite musical. Um, I mean, I was obviously going like full Prince aspirational on that song. So, so I would love to play an older track. I was going to pick And It Was You off Total Loss, but I'll defer to your judgment. Um, yeah, let's have a listen to And It Was You. You don't have to call me My love to be there for you And you don't have to worry Cause I love will be careful you Whenever you will call me, my love will be terrible. I'm had to wonder, say my love will be there for you, girl. Anytime you need me, I will come back. Anytime you want me, I will come back. Time is almost stepping, I will come back.
back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. We just heard And It Was You by How to Dress Well off his second record, Total Loss. I'd love you to say a few words about this one. Yeah, this is just a, a snappy little, you know, firecracker. Uh, it's a big tune made of very, very simple elements. You know, it's mostly snaps and beatboxed sounds and uh, simple dr- drum programming um, and vocal harmonies. Um, it's still one of my favorite songs to sing live and one of my favorite songs to dance to live. It's just such a, such a joy, that song. On my way here, I was reading an interview you did with our local paper, The Georgia Strait, where you say, somehow my music is super polarizing and almost exclusively among a subset of heterosexual male listeners. I'd love to hear more about that. I'm glad that was in the paper. Yeah, I think I remember giving that interview. It's weird. Like, obviously there are women and gay men and all kinds of other people who don't like my music, and that's totally fine. Taste is what it is. But I find on Twitter that it's really a very specific group of people who are like, fuck the How to Dress Well record. Like, this guy's so lame. And and when I click through on their profile, they I think there is an allergic response on the part of certain men uh, to the tenderness. Because, I mean, obviously, like, I talk about my music being poppy or being upbeat or fun or banging. But at the end of the day, there is an orienting tenderness and a, a kind of, like, almost... You know, I think, frankly, a weird alien, but not like alienating, or I hope not totally alienating, tenderness and um, openness to the whole project that's oriented everything that I've done. And I think that some people are just very defensive against that and very allergic to that. What's the funniest thing one of those polarized people has said? Oh, nothing comes to mind. They're not, they're usually pretty corny. Last question. On your YouTube page, you have up on your banner, I don't want to act like a man. We're in a really interesting age where you've got a chance to redefine yourself as a man in the world. What's one thing you've redefined about yourself compared to traditional masculinity? I just try to be aware of how aggression works um, in like subtle and micro-logical forms. Men do a lot of like controlling of social milieus and and uh various kinds of like interpersonal contexts through like little almost impossible to pick up aggression uh forms of aggression and i just am so allergic right now to aggression from guys i just think it's so fucking tired and so boring like i don't know and so i just try and like i think it connects back to what i was saying earlier about my music i think it the goal is to be tender. I want to be like an old man who is like in full head to toe linen and just welcoming to the world, to young people, to like whatever, whatever it takes to make it so that when I'm old, I feel joy and not fear when the future washes me, you know, under eventually. Um, that's the goal. Tom, thank you very much for spending some time with me tonight. I really appreciate it. At the end of the show, I let the guest pick one of their tracks to play. The only caveat is they have to say something about the song before I play it. Cool. Um, Let's listen to my song, Salt Song. Kind of connects with what I was saying just now. Like, 
I wrote it because I had this weird dream where I was a, I was an old man in the dream, and I found myself as a toddler. So I'm not myself in the present in either person I am in the dream, but I was both the toddler and the old man. And I sat with the toddler. I said, hey, my name's Tom. And he said, my name's Tom. I said, yeah, we have the same name. You're just a little bit smaller. And he thought that was really funny. And then he went on to, in this kind of like three and a half, four-year-old stunted way, to tell me a lot of very like beautiful things about how to take good care of myself. And in the song, I think I sing about like wanting to honor this child and help that child grow so that eventually when I, me now in the present, become an old man, I will have grown that child, that dream of the child within myself. Um, I know it sounds like new agey or whatever, but it just felt like a really cool, almost like a, an involuntary meditation. And so when I woke up from the dream, I was like, this has to become a song. Um, and it's it's an extremely joyous song. Yeah, I hope you like it. Tom, How to Dress Well, thank you very much for being on my show. Thanks for having me. I want to learn to care for my soul Like a wish you'd care for my soul To feel my heart as my own Something to call my own I want to fill my house with light With flowers and things that grow And feel at home before I go Happiness were safe Would be so hard to find my own And everything I've heard them say This danger justifies my hope If I saw myself inside a dream Would I recognize me as my own? Now every song that I sing Just to feel at home before I go Touch my face 
Well, you are listening to the interview show with Scott Wood. <laughs> 